to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy, and I have to say, it's a little cold and nasty here in lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you, but you better be careful because there's a lot of places that are way colder and way nastier out there. I've been hearing about it all day. They're snowed in, and in fact, the topic of our premiere call today just happens to be what to do when you're snowed in, flooded in, you know, caved up, whatever the case may be. So, uh, but I'm with you. It's chilly. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, listen, we appreciate all the feedback, all the great emails, and I think Julie's got some emails that from listeners that she'd like to share with you now. So go right ahead, Julie. Yes, this comes from Kristen with a K, Foot with an E, F-O-O-T-E, and she is coming to us uh, from Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. So any referrals going that way? She works at Fox and Roach. So she writes, hello, I just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed your podcast. I started listening to them uh, while I was away for the holidays and listened to a new one every day, and I've even gone back all the way to November of 2015. I love all your enthusiasm and take away a tremendous amount from each call. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and honesty about the business from Kristen in Philadelphia. So I appreciate that. Tim appreciates that, Kristen. Thank you for your kudos, and I always say, that's great. We we love your compliments, but we're only as good as what you actually do with what you learn from the podcast, and that's why we try and keep it practical and tactical. We do Back appreciate all the emails. We obviously, we obviously won't read all of them. A lot of the emails you guys send us are more personal in nature, so they're not something for mass consumption. You know, we've got 150, 160,000 people listening on a regular basis, and there's no sense in letting everyone know about your personal challenges and all of your personal victories. So when, we, when you guys do get emails or you do send us emails, trust me when I tell you that we do listen, we do pay attention, we do respond, we'll help you in any way we can, always. So that's, you know, I had someone send me an email the other day. I didn't tell you about this one, Julie. They sent it to me directly, and it was a gal, and she said basically she'd been listening to us on and off for like a year. It may have even been longer. And she basically said she was – this is the typical pattern of most listeners. By the way, listeners, if you're following this pattern, you're not alone. Is When she first started listening to us, she was appreciating the tips and the ideas and the suggestions. But she was kind of you know, mind-blocking a lot of the sort of more practical stuff that we were telling her, specifically the stuff about um, – uh, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And she was in one of these offices that basically one of the first things they tell you is FISBOs eat their young, you know. <laughs> so, oh, right. you don't want to call it FISBO. Well, most markets are like that. Most brokers are like that. So, mm-hmm. so we had done a show uh, at about for sale by owners, and we had uh, done a show about why the heck aren't you, you know, hear the myths about them and hear the – Julie wrote a great show. I remember it quite well. You know, hear the myths about FISBOs, hear the realities about FISBOs. Why the heck are you keep on driving pa- past them to your office to open up your email and then pay some lead generation company $300 for a listing lead when you drove past five of them on your way to the office? Kind of, I don't know, silly, stupid maybe? I don't know. Use what word you'd like. Um, so, yeah, she said, after listening to the show, she said there was this FISBO in her own neighborhood. If I remember correctly, it was like three or four houses away from her, and she 
uh, got sick of listening to her own excuses, which I really loved talking about, and she went and knocked on the door, and she ended up taking the listing. And it turns out, and this is a case with most for sale by owners, I'm, this is not what we are going to talk about on the show today, but it's worth mentioning, that with most for sale by owners, the reason that they don't list with an agent is they simply don't know one. That's it. And I'll, I'm going to tell you guys a quick anecdotal true story. You know, this happened probably 20 years ago. I was in some home improvement store. It could have been Ace Hardware. It could have been – and I was buying a, a combo lock box for one of our rental properties, right? So I had to have a combo box so all the trades guys who didn't have, you know, electronic keys could get in and all that. So um, I was standing there buying a combo box, and like every spring – and you guys should do this because it's quite hilarious. Go to your Home Depot or your whatever – and every spring, there's like a uh, end of aisle display, a cardboard box that they wheel out. Like you know, during the holidays, they wheel out the Christmas trees and the Christmas lights, and you know, th- this is sort of like a seasonal thing. So every year, this time of year, they're going to wheel out a, a Fizbo kit. It's I'm telling you, you think I'm joking? I'm not. Oh, it's steak, um, pens, signs, the whole nine. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly. It includes like two signs. It includes, you know, a permanent marker. It includes like a crappy little open house sign. It's like ten bucks. So what happens is, is that okay? So I'll just finish my story. So I'm standing there, um, buying my lockbox, um, and I hear these two guys. There was two, you know, dudes that were sitting there talking, and I just, you know, was looking for lockboxes. And obviously, a real estate person, I'm always tuned into real estate. And so I heard these guys talking, and they were uh, home flippers, and they were ready to put their house for sale, this first one. I think they were brother-in-laws, that kind of thing. And they were just – one of them uh, caught the, 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 you know, the FISBO sign thing I was just describing for 10 bucks or whatever it was, caught one of those eyes, and they said, well, why don't we just go ahead and try it? And I, I thought to myself, yep, that's pretty much the truth. That's how much FISBOs, how much thought and energy they put into deciding FISBO before they actually do it. So, of course, I introduced myself, and we ended up taking the listing. And those guys became really great long-term clients. They didn't do a lot of flips. They only did like maybe two per year. But still, that was great, right? And that just came from me saying, well, hello, nice to meet you. I'm you know, a real estate professional. I you know, work in this area, and I noticed you were thinking about putting a house for sale. And uh, you know, I have a lot of properties for sale. A lot of folks are always looking. Let me know about your property. And I Started, and they started talking about the property, and next thing you know, I get the listing. That was the whole thing. So those of you, um, and I actually was scanning my email while I was talking to you guys. Her name was Amelia. So Amelia, I'm talking about you, about your email. And yeah, like her, when you, you guys just challenge yourselves to go knock on that door, the expired listing, pick up the phone or go knock on the door. All those folks that you're avoiding calling, you're avoiding prospecting, those, that's where the gold is. That's where the money is. Don't convince yourself, oh, everybody's going after that FISBO. No, they're not, because they all think like you. They're all afraid of them. They're all believing the same myths that you are. So I challenge all of you. It's essentially the start of a new year. This has to be your best year ever. But I'm worried about some of you because I'm reading your emails, and I know you're waiting too long to get started. You're using the weather as an excuse. You were using the election as an excuse last year. Now you're using the inauguration as an holidays. excuse. Holidays. You're going to use, you're gonna use who raining, knows what holiday as an excuse. Whatever. Look, if you're not going to do it this year, stop lying to yourself. Just say, screw it. I'm out of real estate. I'll see you next year. That leaves the professionals in place to get the buying and selling done. But if you're not ready to quit or give up, then you must drill down. You cannot wait. Do not procrastinate anymore. You're done with that. You've done it enough. Time to get your butt in gear. And the first thing that all of you must be doing is completing your real estate treasure map. Now, if you want to go on Amazon and buy a real estate treasure map, our book, 
I'll be happy to have you buy it there because we get a check for $9.80 every time one of you buy one. But don't. I want to give the book away for you uh, to you for free. And I also want to give you Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. And I also want to give you our other books that you see the image of when you go to timandjulieharris.com um, or if you just go to free coaching calls for agents.com. You get a digital version of six of our books that we have for sale, and these are the exact things that you need right now. And it does not matter if you're selling three or 400 houses a year like a lot of our personal clients or whether you're gearing up to, and your goal is to sell 300, 400 houses or whether you're brand new. Every single one of you need to have a specific written-down plan. And here's what I know from having done this for 20 years. Of all the 164,000 listeners or however many are listening, I bet you only, and this is a fact, I bet you less than 100 actually have a completed business plan, unless there are coaching clients, because the treasure map is one of the first things that we more or less you know, strong arm you guys into doing. You know, it is, has to be done. It is an absolute requirement. Otherwise, you're not taking your opportunity seriously. But not having a business plan, by not having real estate treasure map completed, what you're really doing is just more procrastinating. In other words, it's going to be halfway through the year. It's going to be three-quarters of the way through the year. And you're going to say, you know what, had I done the treasure map like Tim was asking me to do back in, you know, months ago, I would be so much more successful. So screw this year, I guess 2018 is going to be my year. Isn't that what you've been doing in the past? Isn't that how basically the pattern of a lot of lives? Isn't that why statistically most people gain, what is it, an average of five pounds per year starting at age 30? <laughs> you know, like Add that's up. mandatory. It's optional. You don't have to do that. And you don't have to procrastinate. You don't have to put off your success any longer. It's simple, guys, I promise you. So request a free coaching call. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. You'll get all those books for free. If you're on timandjulieharris.com listening to this show or any of the past ones, obviously, just fill out that form. You'll see it there and get the books for free. Please, guys, take action. Don't procrastinate. Julie, I'm really excited about today's call. I think you tipped to the wrong show. The show that we're doing today is the one proven easy trick to get rich. Julie, did you write that copy? I did. Okay, this sounds doesn't sound very Julie like. I know. That sounds dramatic. more like something I would write, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> dramatic, but also very salesy. It doesn't sound very Julie like. But that's okay. But it's good yeah. because it's true. Well, to keep and I read it clear your and, Yeah, succinct. So Right. Yeah. So and make them uh, pay attention too. It's proven, right? To get rich. Why are you guys all in real estate? I know, I know. It's to give great customer service. No, your product is profit. Get clear on this. You're doing this to feed yourself, your family, have a better lifestyle. Be able to give back, okay? So it's okay to say rich, profit, all those types of uh, words, right? Tim, I just want to kind of give them a prequel and a warning well, that, look, yeah, look, we're going to talk about money today. Yeah, we're going to talk about money. And, I, and again, we're going to talk – and Julie, what she's helping you guys to understand – and we're, so we're on Dottie Herman's show last Saturday, and you guys on the East Coast especially know who she is. And we're talking about this very topic, right? What is the definition of rich? And there was, you know, I'm not going to argue with Dottie. She has a net worth of nearly $400 million, Forbes' richest woman in real estate. I mean, who the hell am I to argue? But here was, here's what happened. We were arguing about the definition of rich. And, and because her definition of – it's basically – here it is, guys. Just write this down. It's where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. It's where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Now, the reason that we've drilled down on that definition, opposed to saying what most of you would say, 10 million, then I'll feel rich, or 5 million, then I'll feel rich, or, you know, Dottie's maybe 400 million, and then I'll feel rich. The reason that we drill down on where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money, is because all of you can accomplish that. That's why. Not all of you will accomplish 
10 million, let alone 400 million. But all of you can accomplish where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. And so the, the idea, as you're listening to Julie's outline today, that you need to wrap your mind around is it's not some big, huge, obtuse number that's waved the hell far out in the future or never. It's the number that you need is the amount of money coming in, and our favorite is off rental properties, to cover all of your personal and business overhead. That is what your goal is. That's what your goal should be. That is the point of running a business. In order to accomplish that goal, you cannot wait for home runs. You cannot wait for rental properties that just make perfect sense. You cannot wait for anything like that, lottery tickets or whatever. You have to basically have discipline about it, and that's what we're doing today. We're going to give you a specific formula so you can start accumulating money. It will start out small, but it will build. Julie on our walk this morning, she told me about one of her coaching clients, and she had this interesting call. And uh, Julie, let's not use her last name, but the gal said her name was Rosalinda, and she said, Julie, I'm retiring from real estate, something you don't hear very often. Julie, explain to them how. Well, so let me clarify. She's she's kind of semi-retiring. She's still going to stay licensed, work some referrals, repeat in her own business and that kind of thing. But as far as, you know, how she's going to run her life now versus when she was in it full time, right? So she's 33 years in the business has more than $5.5 million worth of paid-off rental property, lives in Southern California, so she's got a somewhat expensive lifestyle just by virtue of where she lives, and she has $16,500 coming in each and every month without her having to go out and sell property. It's passive income. So I think no, by that's... all means, that's rich to me. I mean, if she never sells another house, she's going to be fine. Well, that's exactly right. She doesn't have to work for her money anymore. Her money is working for you. If you live in a place like Kansas City or Columbus, Ohio, or Indianapolis, Indiana, or Tennessee, you know, any of the normal, like not really expensive coastal markets, I pretty much can guarantee you that with, with virtually no uh, sort of like compromising or no downsizing or no pain, really, if you want to call it that, you can get your overhead down to no more than maybe five or six, maybe seven grand per month, right? Most of you can easily, well, if you were to be smart with your money, if not, you know, crazy smart, but if you were just to basically be respectful of your money, you could get your personal overhead down to, it's usually five, but sometimes it's, if you have kids in school and whatnot, it might be six or seven grand per month. So your goal should be, in order to create, you know, basically in order to be rich, do not worry about the dollar amount. I promise you that's a mistake. It's a psychological hurdle that most people can never get their minds around, so don't bother doing it. Your mission in life should be to earn, or I'm sorry, to have enough profit from your real estate business that you can reinvest it in, again, we like rental properties, that will pay you enough money and positive net cash flow to make enough money to cover that five or seven thousand dollars a month. Now, if you're on the coast, it's going to be more, fifteen or twenty grand for sure. If you're in New York City, if you're in Manhattan, move because it's probably never going to happen because stuff's too expensive there. So that's the thing. And a lot of you guys, when you have, when you come to the realization that you can be rich. When you come to the realization that you literally can make it so that you no longer have to work for your money, your money's working for you, for the most part, you guys will see, feel a huge sense of freedom, uh, of optimism. And now all of a sudden, here's, what, here's what's amazing. Here's what's cool that happens. We're going to, you know, it's part of the real estate treasure map. It's part of what we do in our coaching program. It's part of what we're going to touch about on these radio shows today and tomorrow is that you then start figuring out how to design your business so you make enough profit so you can accomplish those financial goals. So have an open mind. This 
show, tomorrow's show is for every single one of you. Be excited. So, Julie, without any further delay. That's right. So here's a fact. According to the U.S. Department of Commerce, the average American, if they save at all, saves less than 5% of their gross income per year. That's virtually nothing. So the solution is to follow a simple trick to build wealth automatically. Now, according to self-made millionaire and best-selling author David Bach, there is one proven, easy way to get rich. And here it is. It's earth-shattering. I hope you guys are sitting down. Pay yourself first. And we'll talk about what this means, okay? Bach writes in his book called The Automatic Millionaire, when you earn a dollar, the first person you pay is you. But here's a fact. In real estate, you get paid you know, you get your commission check, you get that sent to you from your broker or direct deposit, however you get that, you get paid, then what do you do? You go pay your cell phone bill, your car payment, your fees, your team if you have one, your transaction coordinator, your taxes, and then if something's left over, you might call it savings. And once it's there, a lot of you guys also commingle that supposed savings with it, what you're probably going to end up sending in tax, right? So even that's convoluted. No one taught you in real estate school how to handle the commission checks once they start rolling in. I think, Tim, this is one of the biggest failings of pre-licensing it's is life. lack of – I mean, and life for sure – is yeah. just lack of financial I mean, education. Where do you get financial education? Who, who does that? Where do you, it's certainly not happening in our <clears throat> liberal schools. So where well, exactly Dave are you supposed would be to be one place you can try? Well, Dave Ramsey, that's right. But I'll tell we got it honestly is you know, we read books, that's for sure, but we when we started on Good our mistake. path it was before Dave Ramsey had a bunch of books. We we went to ask folks that had done it, that had accumulated mm-hmm. a lot. And I'll tell you what I'll tell you a true story and, and this is something that you guys hopefully will benefit from. Julie and I were hired Brenton stars back in the nineties, right? Some of you guys know us from there. And uh, if you don't know who Howard Britton is, don't worry about it. But just know this. At the time, it was the most elite sort of, you know, gold star, snobby group to belong to. And it was invite only. So we were Howard Britton stars. And um, I remember Julie and I were motivated to be Howard Britton stars, partially for the attention, because that was nice, but also because we wanted to mingle with other Howard Britton stars who we assumed were all rich. You know, they certainly acted rich. They'd fly into the Howard Brenton events on jets, and, you know, they'd have, you know, gold-plated gold Rolexes, and they'd tell, tell big stories about making big money, and it was just that kind of uh, environment. So after a while, two or three years of associating ourselves with this group and going to these meetings and all the rest of it, we were starting to figure out the ones, as we say in Texas, and you guys i will explain in a second, who were tall hat and no cattle, <laughs> Uh, you know, people that looked like they had a lot, and in, order, in other words, people who looked like they were rich, but weren't. They were essentially having to work. If they stopped working, if they had a bad month, if they were essentially going to have to sell stuff. Whereas the ones that were truly rich, that had money that was performing for them, you know, they had uh, moved past having to live even month to month, you know, or year to year. They had be built wealth. They had accumulated something. We then started to get advice from those people, and that's the group of folks outside of uh, Howard's group. We also had a lot of other mentors as we were growing up, well, by a lot, I mean like three or four, but you know, who were really wealthy, who would share similar advice that Julie's sharing with you today. That's how we learned, but what, the painful learn, lesson that I'm hoping you're seeing is that for every 10 per, people or 100 people or 1,000 people that you talk to that you think are successful and rich, they are maybe one or two shitty months away from having serious financial problems. If you don't believe me, go back to the last recession. 
in 07 and 08, there were so many of these big teams, like there are now. Teams are just basically trendy things that follow the market, guys. They've been around forever. And then a lot of these uh, agents got stuck with the fixed costs of having these big teams. And when the market shifted and their cash flow didn't shift with it, they were screwed. And a lot of these guys had serious financial problems to the point where most of them, most of the biggest names up until about 07, 08 in real estate, you don't even know who they are anymore because they, they're maybe out of real estate. Look, I'm just stating a fact, guys. I feel sorry for them. I, I pity them. But there were some horrible things that happened as a result, uh, and I'm not going to make the show depressing. But bottom line was is that what we're telling you guys now is something you can't achieve, but you have to be very careful who you get advice from. Chances are the loudest, most boisterous attention whore that you'll run into who wants to talk about their success is the last person you should be listening to. Because what most people do is they confuse being famous, and it's easy to be famous in real estate, but being famous with being rich. They think that the fame, they think that all that ego stuff will lead to wealth accumulation, and it never does. So keep these things in mind. Continue, please. All right, perfect. So we're just talking about that most agents only save if there's something really left at the end of taking care of all of their bills, their team, their fees, et cetera. So fact about that is that that is 100% financial suicide. It causes things like sporadic saving at best and no savings at worst. It can cause you to get killed with any unusual financial surprises. We hear about that all the time as coaches, you know, a a health insurance thing that didn't come through, a car accident, all these things, you know, life happens and sometimes it has a price tag. So saving whatever's left after your check or checks is not an actual plan. Again, fact, your product is profit. Never forget that. If you have none, then something is going wrong with your practice and that's a separate podcast. So what is this proven simple savings trick? Set aside savings each and every time you get paid, no matter what, like clockwork, even if it makes you feel a little bit broke at the time. You will thank yourself months, years later. So how much should you aim to set aside? How do you do this simple trick of saving off of every check? Well, rather than thinking about that figure as a percentage of income, and we're going to eventually circle back to that because I think it's easier. But in his book, Bach likes to think about it in terms of hours of your life. I thought that was an interesting concept. He says you should be saving the equivalent of one hour's worth of income each day. So here's an example. Say you earn $50,000 a year. We're just doing easy math here. That's about $1,000 a week or about $25 an hour for a 40-hour week. So you should save to aim $25 a day. Furthermore, don't just put that money in a savings account. Make it work for you in a tax-advantaged retirement account like a 401k, a Roth, traditional IRA, where it will grow effortlessly over time. It works out to be almost exactly 10% anyway when you look at it as part of your day that you're setting aside, one hour of your work day. So if you want to think about 10%, I think that's a little bit easier, especially since in real estate not all of your checks are exactly the same amount, right? So, But the point is, no matter what, on every check, every single time, and I have to say, Tim, and I think you'll, you'll agree with us, I can't think – I guess maybe two or three of our past coaching clients inherited a large sum of money. But by and large, I haven't really seen anybody uh, save significantly who didn't do this plan of saving off of every single check and accumulating over time. Have you? I mean, you and I probably could name two or three people that, you know, uh, kind of came into it. No, which I is, can't. You're I asking think the same question three times. Back, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you I think I that can't. in the there back are, of their minds, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, it's but how many agents are thinking – 
it'll happen. Go ahead. Sorry. But statistically in the country, when you look at basically folks that are millionaires, and we've done a show on this before, uh, virtually none of them inherited it, even though the myth is that people inherit it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a myth. And what Julie's talking about as far as the simple saving, Julie, do you go, so here, I'm going to tell you guys another true story. Um, Cutting to the most important part, when Julie and I start having discipline about this, you have to start thinking about the system for actually doing the saving, how you're actually going to do this. And so that's what, you know, Julie, let's just talk about that, just because that's really practical, right? You get a commission check, and then, you know, what most of you do is you just deposit it into our operations account. Some of that goes to savings. Some of it goes to this. Some of it goes to – I'm sorry, some of it goes to taxes. Maybe you have a savings account. Maybe you don't. You probably don't. Probably a savings, as Julie says, mixed in with operations. So here's what happens. Ultimately, is you won't have any savings. Um, and that was what was happening to us. After we were in the business for like three or four years, we, you know, we didn't get it. We weren't accumulating. At the end of the year, we'd meet with our accountant, Fred. Fred would give us a tax return. Julie and I would be like, what was the tax return from last year? And we were realizing that we weren't moving the needle. We weren't accumulating enough. We weren't saving enough. We were missing something. We were moving away from what our goal was as far as basically having our money work for us and, and we no longer had to work for our money. And so what Julie started doing, and we got this suggestion actually from um, – a guy who's now passed away, who we also met at Howard Britain, who is an honest-to-God billionaire, and um, he was one of our mentors, and, um, you know, he met us at the Howard Britton thing. The guy was – he owned part of the Florida Marlins. He owned just ridiculous things, oil and gas pipelines. He owned a walnut forest uh, in Canada. I mean, just all these things. So I asked him about how he actually went about accumulating originally because I knew he was just like us, just a normal guy from the Midwest, and how he go about doing it. And he said what he would start doing is he would save off the top, just like Julie said, a certain percent. But then he made a point of telling me what would happen is they would get a check from something, and then that whatever it came from, 10% of anything is what he started out doing, is he would go to the bank and he would deposit that one check, and then at the same time he had a check written out of the account that that check was going into that was for the savings account for 10% of wherever the total amount was. Do you guys get it? So if you take a check for $10,000 to the bank today, and that $10,000 check is going into um, account 123, write a check against that $10,000 deposit for 10% or $1,000, and that check gets deposited into your savings account. Don't allow yourself to move digitally money in or out of that savings account. Make it so it's locked down. You have to go to the bank. You have to sign something. You know, you're going to force yourself never to use that money or never tap it. You don't want to have like, you know, a bender in Vegas and then decide, well, what the heck, I'm going to put it all on red and I'm going to you know, quickly transfer it from my savings account. Don't make that mistake. So that's an easy physical way to do it. Uh, Julie and I are big fans of keeping things very analog when it comes to tracking, and there's no better way of knowing that uh, that you're going to save 10% than actually forcing yourself to do it. Now, when you're first starting out on this path, trust me when I tell you it's lonely. Nobody else saves. Saving in, saving money, unless you're, I mean, immigrants, generally speaking, new Americans, they're really good savers because they know the ramifications of not having money, especially if they came from socialist yeah. countries. But for the most part, Americans don't save. We've got this sense of entitlement that we'll always have money, that someone's always going to have our back. It's not true. So make sure you're taking care of yourself first. But what then happens is that 10% starts to accumulate. And that 10% then becomes enough for a down payment or a paying cash for a rental property, and then you're on your way. So just realize, guys, that even if you're starting from ground zero or even if you're starting with debt, 
you're less than ground zero. That's okay. You just have to start. If you are in a world, an environment, if you're surrounded with people that are in similar financial situations as you, and you just have come to accept or you believe that basically living on the edge financially is normal, it's only normal as long as you want it to be. It's abnormal now that you know the difference to not take action on it. If you are drowning and someone throws you a life preserver and you don't grab that life preserver and your goal is not to drown, then whose fault is it? It's yours. So what you're surrounded by, a lot of you, is you build these environments around you that reinforce further apathy when it comes to financial knowledge. It's not difficult to accumulate money, guys. It's just the discipline of the 10%, and then be strategic where you invest it. So, Julie, back to you. Yeah, well, and I am really thinking about how many times these guys join brokerages, and they, you know, they are surrounded by agents that will say things like, well, you know, I just save whenever I have a big deal. I save whenever I have both sides of a deal. That sort of thing. That's not really a plan. That's kind of unpredictable and luck-oriented. So we like you to follow a very specific plan each and every check. And I think on tomorrow's show we'll wrap it up and we'll do some homework items so that they can take action. We'll make it practical, applicable. All of this we talk about in the treasure map. So I know a lot of you guys have the treasure map sitting right there in, there in your email. We've sent it to you. Are you taking action on that? Are you actually doing it? The treasure map is not something that takes a half an hour. It's a robust, introspective, personal treasure map that is your business plan for the year. So if you haven't done that or you're confused, you've got some questions, you can always email us direct, Julie at timandjulieharris.com, Tim at timandjulieharris.com, and uh, we'll continue this tomorrow. So, Julie, I have a real quick question for you, then we'll wrap, okay? Sure. If someone's listening right now, if someone's listening right now, because we've been in these situations before, we've been presenting financial wealth building information before, and I know, Julie knows that when you're in front of a group of agents, there's probably only 10 or 15% that are really going to pay attention and take notes. And you can always tell who they are because they have that little glean in their eye. And after you're done talking, they're going to come up and ask you questions. And, you know, why is it, Julie, you think, why is it you think that a vast majority of the people cannot directly connect to this type of information, even as practical and tactical and step by step as we present it. Why do you think that so many people will just sort of like set it aside and and not believe it's for them when it comes to wealth building? What's your opinion? I think, number one, they probably have lack of exposure to people who have been successful at saving. They might not know anybody in their personal sphere or their office or their family. Maybe there are people, but they don't talk about it, so they don't know who they are. I don't think that culturally in real estate, it's very common to have these discussions I think that, you know, all you have to do is ask agents what they're going to do this year. They always say what they're going to do, what they're projecting to do, right? There's a lot of hopium involved. And I think that because of how real estate works and the automatic delay between selling something today and closing it, hopefully now in 60 days, sometimes in 90, right, that there's this delay that sometimes causes them to be living check to check or a batch of checks to a batch of checks. And it seems like they're always chasing, trying to get ahead, Versus just saying, you know what, maybe that means I'm not going to spend my entire check this time, and maybe I'm going to pay something a little bit late, and maybe I'm not going to go out to dinner for this month so that I can start in the savings plan. It's a discipline thing, ultimately. I think it's lack of exposure and lack of discipline. And the other thing is, is a lot of you guys, you, oh, it's so relentless. I've worked so hard. I finally get a commission check or a bunch of commission checks. or I'm making more money than I ever thought I would. 
and I'm going to go reward myself. And then you blow it all, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you're at the end of the year and you're saying, okay, I've got a nice wardrobe that's worth nothing. I've got a, a new car that's depreciating. You know, I've gone out to a bunch of restaurants. Oh, and I gained my mandatory five pounds because after all, somebody said you have to gain five pounds a year starting at age 30, right? Um, but I don't have any wealth. I haven't improved my situation. I still have to do it all again next year. Our hope for all of you and, and this is with all sincerity, I believe this is true. All of you have the capacity to be rich. I just gave the formula for it. It's not, it doesn't have to be a million or five million or ten million. Don't think like that. Just think in terms of cash flow. And when you do, when you realize it really does come down to the security of having money work for you so you no longer have to work for your money, it gets easy because then you start realizing the path is pretty true, right? Down payment, buy rental you know, buy another rental, have cash flow work out. And if your goal is to be out of the game or at least to have the option of no longer working in five years or 10 years, make the acquisition of rental properties around that. Tim, I'm in California. I can't get any rental properties. Who told you just to buy in your own backyard? There's great websites you guys can go check out. Homeunion.com is a good one. Or connect with one of our other agents. That's how Julie and I find our rental properties. They'll say, you know, hey, Brandon in North Carolina, like I did this morning, I'm looking for this. What do you have? I got it several. You know, hey, Ryan in Indiana, what do you have? I've got things. So don't continue to make excuses for yourselves. It's never been a better time than now to take this stuff seriously and get on your path so that when we're, you know, talking with you in two years or three years from now, you're listening to the radio show, you're saying, you know what, Tim, I love the fact that I listened to you guys because now I am actually rich and it's an incredible feeling. I never thought it would happen. Thanks for helping me. That's what I'm looking forward to with all of you guys. If you ever need us for anything, please send us an email, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We love hearing from you. You guys have a fantastic day. Anything, anytime that you need help with, just reach out. Talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>